you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, as always, available on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Shek. Oh, where to begin? It was a glorious week 11 of NFL football, like Babe Ruth. At the start of the day, on Sunday morning, I stood up, I pointed my remote control at the television set, like Babe Ruth in the 32 World Series in Wrigley Field, and I I predicted, I announced, whatever, this shall be the finest, most significant day of NFL football in the calendar year 2013, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a more entertaining one than what we had in Week 11. So many games. The weather was the star to me. The mud, the muck. It was heavenly, except for the games played in domes. I, I, you know, what more do you need to know about the dedication of NFL football fans than that Bears fans, less than an hour removed from an approaching tornado, still went to the game? That's the best. What else can be said about it other than that you sat in the state? Well, we got to go to the game. I mean, when they tell us to leave, we'll leave. In the meantime, we got to watch our Bears play. All right, listen, let's talk about week 11. There was, of course, another big game played a mile high. There was a big game down in the bayou. Let's get into all of them right now. First of all, Adam Rank is out today. We will be talking, though, uh, earlier uh, uh, a few hours ago, we did get to catch up with Cowboy star running back DeMarco Murray. We'll play that back for you in a little while. Meantime, though, let's jump into all the teams that did play with two of our uh, our favorites here in Studio 66. First of all, we'll say hello to the man. He's the uh, scout supreme around here at the NFL Network. You know him on Twitter as at Move the Sticks. It's Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop, fella? Not much, Dave. I'm with you. It was a... Uh... 
pretty awesome weekend of games, huh? You could see it coming too. You could see it a mile away. If you're if if you understand, if you're, you're an experienced football fan, you could see that everything was setting up just so for this to be a dynamite uh, weekend, and it really was, including the uh, the college games on Saturday. If we have a chance, I know you love kibitz and about those as much as I do. Maybe we'll talk about Black those Tie kids. doesn't like it. When they I talk know about he's the all pro games. football. He's very narrow in his sports interest. Well, that's not true. He likes NBA and he likes soccer. And he has a mild interest in pro football. If 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 Black Tie walked into a house and a name brand movie starring Tom Cruise was on one television and a college football <laughs> game was on the other, <laughs> what would he do? You might read a book. Well, that's not going to happen. No way. That's that. That's going too far. Now I'm being ridiculous. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> I wish he would just watch The Godfather, which he was assigned more than two weeks ago. He has yet to watch that classic, among many other classics. That was the first one he was supposed to take down. How busy is your life, Black Tie Behind the Glass, that you can't take a, a three hours to watch The Godfather, arguably the greatest movie of all time? My number one goal was to uh, work on my body language. He no longer speaks himself. He speaks. He speaks through uh, Brandon Marshall huh? <laughs> audio clips of football players. You know, as a DJ, that reminds me. Speaking of this thing, I wonder what the Venn diagram is. Do you care about NASCAR? I well, I I do in a small degree, only because I grew up in El Cajon, California, and two miles away from where I went to high school is Grant Hills High School, where a guy named Jimmy Johnson went to high school. So oh. me and Jimmy Johnson kind of grew up. We have some of uh, the same friends and all that stuff. So I always would joke when I went to school in the South where racing is huge. I'd be like, look, racing, what's is it really that hard? I mean, we have, I have one guy that races. He wins the thing every year. He's got like six championships. I mean, it can't be that hard, right? A California kid, go out there and wreck shop over all you, you racers. Yeah, I'm not going to get into a thing here about whether or not auto racing is a sport, but I do, I, I do wonder what the Venn diagram is between football fans. If you're a fan of the conventional, the big sports, and hockey I'll even leave out of it because I feel that's kind of a regional sport too. As much as the league has tried to uh, you know, make it in the south, it really is a sport that's Canadian and more northern in nature. But I feel like what the, the football fans really care about NASCAR and vice versa? Because I don't know a lot of them. Which doesn't say to say they don't exist. I grew up in Pittsburgh, PA. It's not like NASCAR's on the tips of anybody's tongue. No, I mean, look, I, I went to Appalachian State, which is in the mountains of North Carolina, and there is a lot of football fans, NASCAR fans. Oh, yeah. And, really? and then college basketball. That's like the... That's like the Trinity right there in the South. I fancy myself a sports fan, and yet I know nothing about NASCAR. I don't really know much about MMA. I can name all the people for mm. you, though, just because that's what I always say about people who say, how do you know about sports? Why do you know so much about football or hockey or basketball or whatever? Even if I'm not desperately interested in one of those things. But, uh, you know, your brain... If you're around it, your brain absorbs it to some degree. That's why I'm befuddled when people are like, I don't know who Tom Brady is. Like, what? What do you well, mean? See, I, I, I don't know anything. Is. Like, you could, I don't know anything about hockey. Nothing. I, I couldn't tell you 10 players in the NHL. And I, you I know grew, who Wayne Gretzky is. Yeah, yeah. Mario Lemieux, Wayne Mario. Gretzky. Whatever. Come on. Well, that's gosh, how it's said. That's his name. A, gosh, you're such a Pittsburgh What if snob. I called you Jeremia? I, I would it. be okay with it, Dave. All right, let's bring into this conversation an international fella. He uh, comes to us from across the Atlantic Ocean. He's the Miami Dolphins' biggest fan, at least uh, uh, appears on this show on a regular basis. Here he is, everybody. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome, and Muzzletov on uh, the return to the win column for your Dolphins. Thank you very much. What an exciting day that was yesterday for, for Miami fans. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, um, yeah, sorry to leave you out of the conversation. No, Jump on in here. I'm curious. I know the, oh, the other one. So I don't know MMA, really. 
And then I also don't know anything about X Games. I don't feel like the what does I do people Travis who like, Pastrana just just say Travis Pastrana around that group. Nobody of people and knows. You just sound like you kind of people know who like, something. It's weird. The thing I resent. It's not that it's not a sport. It's just that it's like a completely different thing. And I don't think anyone who likes the X Games cares about conventional sports and vice versa. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm an old square. Just uh, I think they would. I think they must must care about some sports, but they're probably not spending a lot of time thinking about the NFL on the six seed wild card. Who's race. your favorite skateboarder? I don't know any skateboarders. There's oh, some no. guys Tony who Hawk. skateboard down at, oh, there you go. Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk. That's the right answer. Yeah, yeah you're right. See, if you just follow video games and watch a few commercials, you can just just throw in a couple little words to kind of make it sound like you know what you're talking about yeah. in different areas, but really no no clue. Something. Travis Pastrana, oh he's great. I love him. What does he do? He drives those little cars, the little car thing where they go around the little deal. That yeah, thing? I think that that's the way you can get away with it. That's a good tip. I've given that to one of my friends, uh, a comedian guy who doesn't care anything about sports. He always said, just give me a few cheats so I can get through a conversation so I seem like a regular guy. Mm-hmm. And I just said, like, when baseball comes up, just go like, you know what? I know he's a little under the radar, but to me, Dave Kingman was where it's at. <laughs> and, and literally about two weeks later... I heard him trying to pull it off. He was unironically doing it. And he said, you know who my favorite slugger was? David Kingman. Got to be particular with it. It's not David Kingman. It's Dave Kingman. Anyway, all right, listen. We could do this forever, but I want to get into these big week 11 games. And let's start off. Before we do that, Shaq. What, Black Tide? You're burying the lead. What? You know this week is an anniversary Dave Damashek football program week. And uh, guess what we're going to have in the studio? I know who we're going to have. Why don't you tell the people? Hey, I'm Russell Wilson. And I throw a sexy deep ball. Wow. wow. That's going to be all right. If he mentions that, I'm going to slug him. I'm, I, I mean, I don't want I, I'm not interested. That, I, I, I can I, well, I'm not going to guarantee there will be no talk of sexy deep balls, but I'm going to try to my best to we avoid will, it. We'll be remiss if we didn't have a I guess. question what? about the sexy deep ball. That's I mean, a great thing. If you're listening right now, tweet me what you think is a good question for Russell Wilson. What do you, what do you think we'll have, 10, 15 minutes with him probably? Thereabouts, yeah. Okay. Um... Fellas, if you have anything you want me to ask him, one thing I'm definitely asking him is, after week 11, it now is getting closer and closer, although it should be even, I mean, it should be settled. The Seahawks should pretty much have a stranglehold on the NFC West top seed, I mean, on the NFC's top playoff seed, except New Orleans was gift-wrapped a game. I want to get into that one, but that's one thing. Can anybody go up there and beat them? My answer is no. And as we saw, the Niners at least could go into New Orleans. They really should have won that game on Sunday. You need to ask him about Indianapolis and just ask him if that, you know, it's been a few weeks now, but here that's their only loss, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you guys look like the complete team in the National Football League. Is that, you know, as you keep winning all these games, does that sneak back into your hmm. thoughts and just go, man, if we would have just finished that game, we could have run the table. How about, yeah, now you have me thinking. We could kind of go through the week of the, the 2013 season week by week with him and say, what were you thinking after that? Because I'd love to hear what he thinks about the Panthers. Remember, they went in there to start the season mm-hmm. and barely beat that. Did yeah, you come up? Did you walk out of that stadium thinking, man, the Panthers are good? Or did you think, man, well, what, what's going on here? We barely yeah. beat this bum team. I'd love to know what he thinks about, uh, yeah, I mean, he's revisiting where he went through the combine a couple of years ago now. Henry, this is basically worth throwing batting practice for Dave's big interview with yep. Russell Wilson. I've already right? actually you. done it. I had to pretend to be Dave in my office earlier. <laughs> really? I had to be Dave, and Dave was Russell Wilson. We uh, role, role play the whole thing. Role play. Shaq, if you don't seem up to it, I could just do the interview myself. That, Maybe yes, that would be best. I don't best. think we need that kind of fawning. Yeah, he's I don't think we need, sweating. I don't think Russell Wilson's interested in the genuflection. 
Dave's sweating a little bit. Are you are you legitimately nervous about this? I don't this get interview? tight. No, I don't get tight. I oh, rise I see, to the occasion. I see, I see I'm, I'm some clutching. sweat on the on the brow. I'm right a now. clutch performer. Oh, now, I know why because it's always so dang hot in this in this studio. That's we, not up to me. I'd love a little for cooler it. in here. Believe me, fella, I'd love for it to be nice and chilly in here. I like it better that way. Um, okay, so let's so we'll figure out the Russell Wilson thing. And Sweet us, let us have. know your your questions. Hashtag DDFP. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's talk about uh, the big game in Denver. And uh, my takeaway is this very quickly, and then I'll, I'll get it from you guys. It seems to me that on Sunday night and then into Monday morning, most, I'd say two-thirds, three-quarters of analysts basically have now dismissed the Chiefs. <laughs> they, they were exposed, right? I mean, their offense can't keep up with a, keep up with a high-powered team like uh, like the Broncos. Next, Broncos are clearly now the, the prohibitive favorite to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And to me, you look at the fumble from the fullback early in the game from the Chiefs, there were chances there. There's a drop ball by Donnie Avery early in the game that maybe swings things a little bit. And more than anything else, the one play that to me – put that game sort of out of reach was or, or not out of reach where the game could have sort of pivoted with plenty of time left about 12 minutes left in the in the game Wes, Wes Welker gets belted and he fumbles the ball and he uh, you know give him great credit for reaching out and pulling that ball in even though he's concussed he, he's elusive enough to grab that ball before the Chiefs recovered the Chiefs would have had the ball at about the 35 yard line if I'm not mistaken down 10 or maybe it was down 14 at that point either way they still are in the game at that point with the with Denver side of the ball. I, takeaway is the Chiefs can absolutely beat that team. DJ, how say you? Well, when they get back into Kansas City especially, I mean, I, I think that will help their pass rush. They're always going to be able to rush better when you have that crowd noise they can get off the line a little bit. I thought, to me, the story of the game was the two offensive lines. And, and coming into that game, mm. Denver having you know some injuries and still their tackles played really well, pitched a shutout, no sacks. Some of that you give Peyton credit for getting the ball out of his hand, but I thought that was one one storyline. The other one was I didn't think we gave enough credit to the Denver front coming into that game with Vaughn Miller back there with Sean Phillips. I thought their pass rush would give Kansas City some trouble, and they did. They got to Alex Smith in that game, and, and all the hype on the Kansas City defense, I thought the Denver defense stepped up and, and got after the quarterback a little bit. Handsome, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think the interesting thing was that uh, the Sunday night sort of the cameras turned to Eric Fisher at one point, and they started saying, you know, here's the first overall pick. And after that, he just got exposed yeah. a couple times, um, I think, by Sean Phillips, and uh, and you know that led to some sacks. I think the other thing, so I, I kind of disagree with you because it seemed to me even at the end of the game where it was very clear, maybe in the fourth quarter, that it was pretty much over to all intents and purposes. The the, the, um, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were talking Collinsworth about how, definitely how, said, I'm impressed this by this. The game's still yeah. on, and the Chiefs I'm really impressed by, and it, it, it didn't feel like, at that point, it felt like the game was very much over, uh, but they were still talking up the Chiefs. I think you modify, if you're the Chiefs, you modify your thinking, but you do that going into the game, that you don't anticipate that you're going to hold this team to 12 points. You, right. The offense has to uphold its end of the bargain, and Jamal Charles has to has to make a couple plays, and Dwayne Bowe has to make some plays, which he did. And by the way, I thought Collins worth holding that up. Like, I thought, you know, the coaches in Kansas City said that uh, that arrest early in the week really helped to focus Dwayne Bowe. <laughs> What's the takeaway there for the kids out there? Get picked up, get pinched, and uh, and that'll help. Uh, Smooth sailing once you get through the week that. of a big career event. This is uh, what will really uh, but help you out. Looking back at that game, though, if I would have told you, Dave, before the game, uh, Kansas City is going to throw the ball 45 times and they're going to run it 25, you, th- you think they have any chance of winning that game? 
No, and Alex Smith to me, I I do as much as I say I could see them winning the game, uh, winning a game in KC in particular. And by the way, do not write off the chance of them getting home field because keep in mind the Broncos now go to Foxborough. Let's see what happens there. The 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 Broncos could very easily find themselves as the fifth seed, and the Chiefs can still win it, or the Patriots can still find themselves into the into the top spot, and even the Colts if things break right for them. Um, I did. I did think that Alex Smith. I think he. I absolutely believe in Alex Smith. But there were a couple plays there that he kind of missed on. Is he the sort of QB, uh, DJ, who, based on what you understand about him, is he the kind of guy with a second look at that defense? Will he be better for it? Who who gets the advantage? In other words, they now take uh, basically thirteen days away from one another, then then play again. Who do you give the advantage to? The coaching staff and the quarterback. In Denver or in KC? You know, look, I, I probably still give the edge to Peyton because I've always felt like when you play Peyton Manning, it's almost it's, it's just how, how quickly he can put together the Rubik's Cube. And once he figures out what you're doing, you're in trouble. Sometimes that, that he figures that out after the first series. Other teams we've seen play with him for a half, and then eventually he figures it out. And then they just start piling up you know, completions and points really, really quick. And I thought in this game – you look at Kansas City, they came up and they pressed. They wanted to press, play aggressive, press man coverage, be physical, which the Colts did and were successful. But people forget that the Colts in that game, towards the end, we saw Peyton Manning catch fire and they start scoring a bunch of points because he started running all those little rub routes and pick routes. He kind of found an answer to all that press coverage. So, you know, I, I think if, if Kansas City and, and these guys meet in a couple of weeks, Kansas City, they're going to have to change some things drastically on defense because I thought Peyton kind of had them figured out. Do you think, though, that when you look at that game, I felt like, first of all, Dexter McCluster a couple of times, they were trying to defend him with linebackers, which seems like a bad deal, that you can't do that forever. And if you're the Chiefs and you're Alex Smith, so he just missed it a couple of times. He just mm-hmm. flat out didn't see the matchup on the outside, and he should have, you know, at the very least, thrown a completed ball, if not a touchdown, just throw it over the head. I mean, the, the one play... Early in the fourth quarter, I think it was McCluster is is uh, is split out far to the left, and the linebackers on him one on one. If Alex Smith sees that, he just throws it over the the linebacker's head, and it's a touchdown, right? I mean, it's something you're going to look at. The thing is, both both teams are going to look look at that. Right. So you almost can look at it from the standpoint you had your opportunity and you blew it, and and Denver's not going to. So let that, that won't happen, happen again. again. I can't no, imagine you, they're going to let that happen exactly. again. If, they, if you saw it was open and they're going to see it was open on film, they'll make sure that they remedy that by the by the time they next meet. The other thing is, I mean, I, I think if they're going to beat Denver, obviously their defense will play a big part of it in terms of their pass rush. Being at home will help their pass rush in Kansas City. I think, though, they got to stay committed to the run, and that's one thing that can be hard for Andy Reid at times. He wants to throw the ball a lot. We saw kind of an imbalanced attack. I think they just have to continue to stick with that run game, run it, run it, run it, run it, and then eventually work off that play action and hit some shots down the field. I just When you look at their – I'm looking at their box score here. Their longest pass completion was 26 yards. Yeah, so that was sad. If, if you can run the ball, if you can run the ball effectively, I think it's going to help you out both fronts. You'll be able to control the clock eat up minutes, move the football on the ground, and then when you want to push the ball down the field, you can get some big chunks. I just think they failed to kind of capitalize on that in this game. Handsome, can you see the Chiefs beating them in the rematch? I can, but you know, if you take that recipe for the Colts, and DJ's absolutely right, you know, they're playing, they played, their corners were playing up on, on their receivers. What, they, what the Colts were able to do consistently was get pressure on Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. and that's what we all, I think, took as an assumption going into this game. Well, we know the Chiefs will be able to get a lot of pressure on him, and that didn't materialize. They've got to find a way to do that, and then... Every 
everything else works for you. The other thing, I mean, we give a lot of credit to the to the offensive tackles for Denver did a really nice job, but I thought that it was a nice thing they did as well, chipping. I mean, like no Sean Marino a couple times when he released, he just chipped the crap out of those pass rushers. And, and so I think uh, Monty Ball might have done it once as well, but they – they had a plan in place. They were not going to let those guys on the outside just swallow up Peyton Manning. And I think that showed me something that this Denver team learned from the Colts game. Uh, let's not leave these guys out there on an island. Let's help them out a little bit. I told you, DJ, before the game. To me, it seems like, well, Peyton Manning just can't throw the ball downfield, period. He just has no – he doesn't have a legitimate big league arm any longer to do that. That's exactly what the Chiefs tried to do, it seemed. So why didn't it work? Was Like you say, they, they, they were really manhandling the receivers short. They were trying to force them to get a – get behind them why would they why didn't that work well, as Demar- well as Demar- i thought demarius thomas got on top of the coverage a couple times yeah, that's and right, Peyton, the one thing that peyton does yeah he doesn't have a big arm but he knows how to compensate for it you saw the quickest five-step drop you've ever right. seen i mean he gets that ball out quick so look, it, it goes as a 60 yard 70 yard gain it only had to travel 35 yards in the air he got on top of him there's no help over the top and peyton dropped into the bucket i mean i thought they found a matchup that they liked i believe it was cooper the, the rookie that they picked on a little bit. And, and that was kind of the knock on him. Is not he's, he's played really well this year. He's made a lot of plays, but deep speed is a little bit of a question. Demarius Thomas can run, and he was able to get on top of him, and they took advantage. How bad handsome do you think it's going to be? Because to me, the thing I was thinking of, wow, well, uh, Peyton's really precise tonight. That's what I was thinking. Well, he's really on the money. When it gets cold, though, as, as it does in mile high in January, that's going to be a liability for the home team, not for the road team, yes? Uh, I mean, it may be. I think he's we'll old. He has bum ankles and everything. That's just that's not, the grip on the ball gets worse when it's cold out. That that all spells trouble for a precision guy like Peyton. True. My favorite nugget from the game last night was when Chris Collinsworth revealed that Peyton Manning goes to bed at nine p.m. every night, and at that point it was nine. <laughs> at that point it was nine fifteen. Nice. So I was expecting his play to tail off significantly since he was up way way past his bedtime. They also showed a full screen graphic at some point indicating that when you score twenty one points against Peyton. Yeah, that was you shocking. Do, you huh? do you, you tend to win more than right. when you don't score 21 points, Who which I, I mean, I disagree with that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but that. but to me, though, the, the, the sh- look, obviously, you score more points, you're going to win more games. But I oh, was you're shocking. being serious. No, I'm serious. I'm when, being sarcastic. No, no, when, when, <laughs> obviously, obviously, when you don't score 21 points, you're going to lose almost every time, which I get that. But the, the, it shocked me that teams, 21's not a lot. That's not a lot of points. And if you re- meet that 21-point threshold, I believe they had a winning record against Peyton Manning, right? Yeah. Peyton Manning had a losing record when the opponent scores 21 points. Oh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a ton of points. It's one thing to say, look, if you give up 30 points, you know, you're going to, you know, Peyton Manning doesn't win as there's, many games. But there's so but many of those things. But, they, I mean, look, they always show, hey, the first team to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl wins two-thirds of the time. Yeah, because they took the lead. That's how it works. That's yeah. when you get a lead. that you know, tends, When you score a lot of points, yeah, it improves your but chances to me, of to winning. Me, to me, like, every time, every time the Colts or the Colts would play now with the Broncos, you, I, I've said it. I know other people say, look, if you want to beat Peyton Manning, you you can't you got to score thirty points. You got to right. score thirty points to keep up and to beat. Well, no, you got to score twenty one points. There's a whole different margin of error. We talk about twenty one points versus thirty points. I'm saying NBC, good job, good stat, right. and you're not with me on that. I'm, I'm okay. More, I'm more I'm okay. cynical than you. All right, let's go. I don't like the condescending implication that you just uh, <laughs> that you just stuck in there at the end. All right, let's move to the next game, the New Orleans, and we're getting to the blacklist here to cover whatever we miss here just a little bit. We fire through a few other subjects. But uh, about the Saints and Niners game, whatever preceded it, I think the the Niners 
could be fine once they get back Crabtree and they, you know, they, you know, and Manningham returns to full health and so on and all that jazz and Vernon Davis back on the field um, after the concussion last week, all that stuff. But I, I mean, all, all I care about is the one play, the 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 hit, Ahmad Brooks, yeah. Drew Brees. You watch it in full speed. Now, the defenders of the personal foul call against the Niners keep – I've seen it all over social media since the play. It is a still shot of the moment of impact. And Drew Brees' head, understandably, looks all out of whack because he's being hit. But couldn't you do that with every single tackle in football history? Can't win it when the, at the moment of impact. Yeah, it looks violent. That's what happens when when yeah. when, when a, one guy is static and a larger object runs into it very fast, going very fast. Yeah, it tends to warp the the uh, the look of the body for for a moment there. I look at it at full speed and say, "What could you possibly have done?" I mean, really, yeah. what what could he? He comes around the the uh, the blocking lineman, and two two and a half steps past that, at full speed, he runs through the quarterback. He didn't do anything. He didn't lower his head. No. What were you supposed to do? Well, I mean, it, it's so hard now in terms of what you can, you can't do. Okay, so you've got a six foot quarterback. Right. You can hit him between the the waist. Right and, and the shoulders, that's legal, correct? Which is what he did, by the Which way. Which is too. exactly what he did. It was to me. It was like watching a, a, like a baseball game. And you see the they show where the pitch was. That thing was right yeah, in the middle right. of the strike zone. So if that's a penalty, I don't know what what else you can do. I oh, know, I know his, his arm, arm. His arm came up after the contact, but he he put his shoulder on him. He didn't try right. and go face to face. Put his shoulder on him. Right in the middle of the strike zone. I, mean, I, I watch it real speed. Everybody says, "Well, when you're watching it real speed, it looks so." I, I watched it real speed. Though. That's a fantastic play. Of That's course. not a penalty. And, and by the way, been, his body could have been exactly the same position. Let's say it's, it's flipped around and Colin Kaepernick's the quarterback that's being hit. Because he's not six foot, he's six foot, whatever he is, mm-hmm. three, four. That that's that's a great hit, and it's it, you know it, it, there's no question at all. It's just it, you know it comes down to Drew Brees is smaller than than the average quarterback, and and. Uh, and that's probably why and, he's penalized. And by the way, really look at the play and watch Ahmad Brooks' other arm. I mean, yeah. his left arm, he kind of, I don't know if he did or not, but it feels like he he was uh, he was lucid in the moment enough to not even wrap him up. He sort of was aware of some standard that he shouldn't try to over, you know, to, to, to overly rough up Breeze. He just delivered a blow as he got him, but he, his left arm is planted at his side. It was almost as though he was trying to avoid really burying him. I, I, I can't believe it, and I can't believe that it feels like about half the world feels oh, like I you're feel, crazy. I, I feel Dave. like it's more. I, I've heard a lot more people kind of defend the call. You know, I haven't heard as yeah, many. Defending yeah, defending the call. That's what I'm saying. That, that, and I'm Real speed, slow motion, however you want to break it down. To me, that was a good football play. And now the the repercussions are potentially severe for the Niners because now who knows what will be in the NFC South. Now the Saints are still alive. The game coming up on December 2nd on Monday night in uh, Seattle now is everything because if Seattle wins that one and has home field, I don't know who's going through there, but now the Saints have a shot at least at the number one set, seed. And meantime, now the Niners are back in the muck at six and four with everybody else. Arizona, right? Tied right. with Arizona. Do you think that they really – handsome, you still like – we were talking earlier. You think the Niners still find their way in to the no, postseason? I, I don't think so. Oh, you I, don't I, think no, they I get did, in? I didn't. I certainly I haven't said that, and I, I wouldn't be confident about that at all at the moment. Hmm. If well, I, they then, still have to play the, think, they still still to play the Hawks the, again. They, they're still going to play the Seahawks again. Um, you know, they've got a uh, 
relatively easy run-in. They, they close with the Cardinals, who, who themselves are still alive looking for that sixth seed. But they've got the Redskins, Rams, Seahawks, at the Bucks, Falcons, and at the Cardinals. All so right. it doesn't look like a tough run-in, but... Oh, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't guarantee any of it. I'll tell you what, though. They, that's going to be an angry bunch going to play uh, a quarterback and coaching staff that maybe aren't getting along very well right now in yeah. Washington. Yeah, that's going to be one to watch. By the way, what about that RG three? Whether you just say what you mean that wow. RG three and say fire this guy. I mean, yeah. if he's going to go that far, may as well go all in and say, the listen, we're thing. doing our part, but Coach Shanahan over here ain't. <laughs> By the way, the Eagles' uh, defensive tackle Fletcher Cox came out and said, yes, they did know. What really? The were running. You're they kidding. Did. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's Ouch. bad news for Shanatan and for his son. The interesting yeah. thing is, though, like I, I bet you that somebody will dig this up and find it, but I was watching that game live, and, and RG3, he missed some throws in that game. They had some guys down yeah. the field, and he missed them. And there's one. He on missed Poston wide open for a touchdown yeah, early. There was a, there's one on the sideline. So it's a sideline shot. You see the ball sail out of bounds, and you can see Kyle Shanahan, I believe it was his play sheet, and you can see him kind of exasperated just – Totally frustrated. So I'm like, you know, we have the RG3 throwing the sh- throwing the Shanahan's under the bus. Somebody's going to find that, and they're going to show how, you know, they're kind of saying, hey, this is really this is all our fault. The guy's wide open. You can't keep the ball on the field. So I think this is this could get interesting. And now you're going to play a 49er team that's really ticked off after that <laughs> game. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting uh, week. I just realized that's a great uniform matchup. Two of the best uniforms in the NFL. Um, the uh, By the way, by the way. We can't leave uniforms. I asked you on Twitter. I don't know if I ever saw your response. The Hawaii. Oh, I responded to you. I said they were heavenly. Oh, yes. They were descended. How do you wear anything but those? You can't wear those in Detroit or Pittsburgh or something like that. But in a regional place where the sun shines and all that. The pants with the white pants with the rainbow down the side. And the rainbow gloves. And the rainbow shoulder striping and everything else. I thought uh, that those were the uniforms of the weekend. Only thing missing was if, if. if uh, if TC would have flown over the stadium in the Island Hoppers helicopter, <laughs> and Magnum would have just come down a rope ladder right down to the middle, so that's the only thing missing. I always felt like I was went back to my childhood. Those awesome uniforms. That was a great uh, TV reference. I was about to make an old movie reference and say that I wonder. Remember when Ampipe lost it? Uh, I think it was at Walnut Creek was the name of the school in uh, All the Right Moves. Tom, I mean, I know. Well, that's I know. I know. Uh, Black <laughs> he hasn't guy hasn't seen, seen all the right moves no. with a young Tom Cruise, but it's on the Steel Town. Small Steel. Have you seen it, Hanson? I think I have somewhere along. Oh, the Oh, it's way, one of my favorites. Never seen it. You don't know that one either. No, and, and actually, it's come up several times with with friends. You love in the league, it. And scouting friends, it gets referenced constantly, and every time they go, Jeremiah, you still haven't seen that? I go, nah, I haven't Oh seen yeah. It. You know what? It's the. I'll tell you this. It has the uh, great, the single greatest actual quarterback appearance. In movie history, you know, I mean, you've seen different guys, but Mac Davis to me in North Dallas 40 is is one of the more implausible quarterbacks. They try to sell Mac Davis from Sting to fame <laughs> as, as the starting quarterback of Dallas's football team. But the guy who plays Rifleman, he's the high school quarterback. He slings it. I, I mean, you think when you watch him, I think, man, that guy can actually spin it. You yeah. can tell looking at him. And I looked him up a couple of years ago. He was the New York Jets replacement quarterback back in whatever the eighties <laughs> and nice. eighty seven or whatever during the wasn't uh, Browning Nagel. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, he's way better than Browning Nagel. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I was wondering if it was kind of like uh, in all the right moves because after they lose that game, Craig T. Nelson, who's the coach, doesn't let uh, Tom Cruise ride home on the team bus for, for being belligerent. I wonder if that happened between Shanatan and RG3. And 
who has more juice now to say, you know, you're not allowed on the bus anymore. I think RG3 mm, might be able to kick yeah, the Shanahan's I think, off. I think he probably has the juice. Um, all right, real quick before we get to the blacklist, the other thing that people are sort of debating is um, is Jim Schwartz's decision to go for a fake field goal up four in the fourth quarter in Pittsburgh. And first of all, credit the Steelers for – I mean, they get gashed by Calvin Johnson – in the first half, and then they don't let him catch a pass yeah. in the second. I don't know if part of that then goes on the Lions or if the credit then goes to the Steelers. But, boy, no one on the Lions can catch besides Calvin yeah. Johnson. <laughs> I feel bad for Matt Stafford. Um, but to me, that was – was so what? You're up three. I mean, you're up four. If you kick the field goal, then the Steelers can still tie you. Yeah. Obviously, they have the ability to go down the field and score. But at the very least, if you kick the field goal, you kick off. You the Steelers get the ball round about the twenty-five ish, thirty ish, as it was. So if the, so, before you pull the fake field goal, you say, "All right, if this screws up, at least we leave them at their own five. They have to drive the length of the field. It's nasty outside. They're not, you know, they're not the eighty-nine ers or anything." The, the assumption they'll definitely drive the field and defeat us. I to me, I thought yeah, it was classic. If it works, then the, then Schwartz is hailed. As it was, people are debating this way too much. Handsome, how say you? Well, I think my rule, and not that I have to make a rule because I'm not actually a coach, but my rule would be if you're gonna if you're gonna go have a trick play, you might as well do it in a situation where definitely no one expects you to do it. And I don't think anyone either saw the play trick play coming at that point for the reason that everyone's arguing. Or that they would choose that guy who didn't look like, honestly, he'd ever handled a football in his life to be the one to run the ball. So my problem wasn't that they did it. It was just probably you might have chosen someone who actually could potentially have done something when they got the ball. That brings up a great question. DJ, you've been on the inside. Why does every team, or almost every team, use the punter as the holder Instead of the backup QB, who can then get up and make a legitimate play, I would all that would be my first order right. of business. Oh, you're the new head coach. Great, first order of business, punter, go sit down. Where you're not on field goal anymore. It's now the QB who can stand up and sling it. And by the way, when Damashek takes a team over, a lot more fake field goals coming up too, because mm-hmm. that's that's going to put pressure Don't on give the it defense. Away now though. You're, ah, darn it. Well, the cat's out of the bag. Let me say something though. I w- I'm running a lot. I do. I'd run a lot more fakes. I'm just going to tell you right now, Dave, I'm not going to criticize the punter on this for nothing. You will never get me to say one bad word about Sam Martin. It's just not going to happen. It's just not ever, ever going to happen. I can't imagine why. I mean, no, I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal punter. He's he's obviously well-educated. What's his name? Sam Martin. He, oh, so he, uh, I assume, like most uh, pro football players, he probably matriculated somewhere. Where Do you know? happen to know? <sighs> you know what? He's... Uh, all I can say about him is the guy comes from a great family. He probably had the choice to go to any college in the country he ever could have, you know, imagined to go to, and he chose to go to Appalachian State, like, oh, like a very upstanding how man. How about that? How about that? What position that? did he play there? He was a punter. Okay. Come on. He was not a running <laughs> so he, back. But was he a part of the school's biggest win ever against Michigan? I don't know. That might have been. Or a lesser know, he's, victory he's, against Wake no, Forest? No, 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 no. He, he, was, uh, he was last year's draft, so I, see. I think that might have predated him. But, no, look, the, in all seriousness, the, it was – it was questionable from the standpoint that you get the seven-point lead, you know, so it, you, you don't get beat by one possession, all right? I, I get that. But to me, the bigger question was just where it was in the field. And I know Hank's talking about, well, nobody's expecting it. The problem is, on a fake field goal, in my opinion, you wanted to be in a situation where they're peeling their ears back and trying to go block the kick, and that's where we're going to create the crease where you can get mm. through. 
Well, when you're that close, you're kind of getting you're not getting much of a rush or much effort. It's just kind of an extra point. It's a foregone conclusion at that point in time. So you're not getting a clean look. Um, so I get that criticism. But what I will say is I love the fact that Schwartz, after the game, I don't know if it was today or, or yesterday, whenever he made his comments, but it was, look, we're going to be aggressive. That's who I am. If you don't like it, I don't care. If you don't respect me, it's kind of the I love the Lions' role is just basically screw everybody. It is us against the world, and this just makes it even more. Than I thought he. The world. I thought he was very Fredo. In fact, speaking of Godfather again, I thought he was very Fredo, and like, I'm not scared. Say whatever <laughs> you want about me, but you can't say I'm scared because I'll do. I, I'm gonna bop you in the nose if you ain't careful, bub. Lay off me and my salt and pepper goatee. It almost <laughs> makes me look like I'm of legal age. Um, so anyway, let's get to the blacklist, black tie, shall we? You guys already hit on a couple of topics I was going to chat oh. about, so we only have two questions here. All right. First one being, obviously, we had a lot of big games this week with the Broncos and Chiefs and Niners and Saints, and then also Seahawks getting a win. Oh, there are so many Ravens and Bears in a in a glorious marathon of a mutter. What a I mean, it was a the Steelers Lions game was delightful back and forth. So many good ones. Yep. So with eleven weeks down, who do you guys have as the best NFC and AFC Pittsburgh teams? Steelers? No. Um, <laughs> I, I, in fact, I'd can like I to pull back the curtain and just ha- just say how much because we do the KFCV from the couch segments on Fridays, uh-huh. and I wanted to talk about the Steelers Lions game. It was a good game to watch. I thought it would be a fun game. And Sheck was in their little production meeting. Sheck was like, "No, that game's going to suck. The Steelers are terrible." Let's I didn't say it was going to be a bad. They're game. going to get killed. I didn't say it was going to be a bad. No game. No faith in your Steelers, Sheck. I said I don't want to talk about teams. I said, "Why would we talk about a non-playoff team when there are games that involve playoff teams?" And listen, I would like to be proven wrong, but I don't think the Steelers and I don't think the Giants are legitimate playoff threats in spite of uh, a little recent success here. Although the AFC is so dreadful, it's it's not a credit to any of the you teams. Any fans excited right now? Hey, we're right in the mix for that wild card. You're four and six. That's nothing to feel proud of. Neither is five and five. It's just mediocrity that allows you to to be relevant right now, not the quality of your team. So back to the question. Seattle, New England. That's it. New England is your answer. Seattle, eh? New England. Wow. Really? New England? Yeah. I, I just think you get into the you get into the playoffs and you start looking at these, these teams and you go, okay, I just... I think I'll go with Tom Brady. And you look at what they've looked like since Gronkowski's come back and now Amendola and get Shane Vereen back in the mix. I said it while they're winning those games. We're going to talk about how ugly these wins are. Those wins are going to be huge early in the season. They they won those ugly Touché. hideous games. you did say it. You did and say it. And now they're getting all their guys back. I just think where you look at they're kind of peaking uh, at the right time, I just you know in the playoffs, Tom Brady. Now, what, what happens if they get to the Super Bowl and have to play that Seattle team? Maybe that's a different story. But when I look at them against the rest of the AFC, That'd it's hard bad, for me to go against them. That wouldn't go well for no, them. I don't they think would it get destroyed. In fact, you know, now that I think about it, they'd get destroyed. And, sp- and and now that we just coming off of that week eleven where we had so where, where the weather was a major player in it, now it makes me. That's why I ask the question about the Broncos. What if it's freezing in Mile High and they have home field? I think that's detrimental to, like I say, to Peyton Manning who has to get a quick grip on the ball and, and, and fire it, I've never... I, you know, well, that's not true. I've played plenty of frozen football games in my Where backyard. Where does he get his gloves, by the way? Those aren't like... You know, remember we used to have like the Newman gloves yeah. or the Nike... Those are... I don't Some know guys wear them on... Fun- Roethlisberger likes wearing them on yeah. both hands. Well, he I, doesn't- think, I think Peyton had them on both hands <laughs> the other did. night. Oh, he did. But they were like... They were like 
grandmother gloves. They weren't like oh, they were like almost mittens. gardening gloves. They weren't. Like, <laughs> maybe, Olivia, maybe Olivia got sent some yeah. up and, by post. I think uh, you know what I also thought was weird in the in the Steelers game. You could see Roethlisberger wears his wedding ring during the game. I didn't think that was legal to wear jewelry out on the field like that. Interesting. I, well, that was a quick side note. But, yeah, the the glove thing, all the best, a lot of the best ones at least do it. Too. Brady likes wearing the gloves now, yeah. too, on both hands. Um, anyway, so with the weather, do, do you think who's best suited for it? I legitimately think that the Seahawks, they don't travel well, but they would be accustomed at least to to raw conditions. The Patriots Marshawn would do well Lynch, with that. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch coming out there. In the, I mean, that's right. kind of, I mean, I guess that's what the NFL wants, right? You get in a, a snow Super Bowl. And you get Marshawn Lynch, you know, running over everybody. I mean, that's going to be But the be Saints kinda... would be in real trouble. Huh? Well, yeah, but I think they'd be in trouble even getting there. I mean, assuming that the Seahawks are, are going to are going to keep hold of that home field advantage, I think you you send the Saints are going to look wonderful in a dome, then they're going to go to Seattle and just That's Seattle. That Seattle that, New Orleans tough. game is going to be a big oh, one. Oh, I can't man. wait for that. Woo. That's really going to be that's going to be positive. Every, everybody's gay. building I mean, we're going to hear all week, you know, Manning, Brady, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna dominate the headline. I'm looking more forward to that Seattle oh, New Orleans too. game. Right. The same goes for this week, though. I was looking forward to the to tonight, the Monday night game between the Panthers and the Patriots more than I was the the Broncos Chiefs one. If the Patriots lose to the Panthers, uh, can Black Tie go back through and, and just cut out my little segment? All your about praise them? about the Patriots yeah, being just, the best just, team. Just, just bring that, reel that right back in, right? It's kind of a fun way to do it when you think about it. Yes, obviously we're recording this in the game, the Monday Take night two, game. The the Denver. Broncos are clearly the top yeah, team. Get in it AFC. clean so he can we drop it right okay. in there. Yeah, he wouldn't do out. it for me, but he likes okay. you, okay. so okay. he would do it for we're you. Good. We're good. Um, yeah, that will be. That, it, but it is if somehow your brain can't register the either or situation. It's hard to play glass half full, glass half empty in advance. But it's funny because if the Panthers do win. If they have won by the time you're listening to this, the conversation is going to be wildly different. Oh, yeah. We'll legitimately be talking about who could beat the Seahawks in Seattle. I bet there will be more than a few people who say that's the recipe to do it. That great defense in Carolina goes up there. They take away Lynch, and then it's a nip-and-tuck kind of game. Uh, Cam Newton makes a play. If they get smoked tonight, though, then it's like, yeah, see, the, the Panthers are good, but they're come on, they're not one of the, uh, they're the not Panthers. The Panthers-Patriots game, to me, is very similar to the Broncos Chiefs game because you mm. have you have the Chiefs, you know, hey, we believe in their defense, can their offense, you know, get enough points against a team that's going to put up points. Same thing with the Panthers. We believe in their defense, but what is their offense got? And I think down the stretch that's what needs to be answered. I think everybody's sold in their defense. I think everybody's sold on Kansas City's defense. Both Kansas City and uh, and Cam Newton and the Panthers, I think people are just waiting to buy in on those offenses. All right. Well, listen, now we're all in. Let's just uh, go all the way here. I say Patriots 35-24. As people are listening to us right now, they know the final score, you understand. Woo. So you can look really bad or you could look like a genius. 35-24 Patriots, says Damashek. 22-17 to the Panthers. 22-17 Panthers, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Patriots... 24-24-20. Patriots, 24-20. All right, somebody's going to look smart, or maybe we'll all look dumb. Yes, Black Tie, you want in on this? I do. I say Pats, 35, Panthers, 10. 
I think Brady Ooh. comes out. Oh, a whipping. I think Brady comes out and it shows everyone why he's Brady on Monday Night Football. I agree with you. We both said 35. I just think that, that Panthers that, that offense, defense I don't good. think, has a chance putting up more than 21 points. I'm waiting for somebody to just gash that See, I, th- I think I think the, I think the Panthers will control the ball a little bit and shorten the game. But that's, that's I think Jonathan, I, down. I think Jonathan Stewart has a chance at a big game. All right, we're belly aching about a game that everybody already it's has It's fascinating, saw. though. Yeah, it's going to be really uh, compelling. All right, let's see, Black Tie. You got another one, and then we'll yeah, wrap I it up. Yeah, I just got one more. I got one more. So, moving on to next week, speaking of Brady. Yeah, Brady v. Manning. Who's more handsome? Well, that's Oh, it's time for our annual handsome quarterback ratings. We got to figure that out, Black Tie. I, I have no idea. When Brady and Manning sh- get into it, that's a reason enough. We we haven't updated our handsome quarterback ratings this I, season. I, I have no part I of it. I know you can't be a part of it because you're too much man. But listen, I like to figure out who's the most I'm handsome I'm too QB. busy working on my body. See, who won last year? See if you can get Tom Brady. Always wins for me. I, I, I These Johnny-come-latelys when it's Mark Sanchez. The only guy who's in the ballpark to me is uh, is Cam Newton. He's a handsome devil. I'm trying to think of who else I have up there. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is top five. Right. By the way, we talk about the best teams in the divi- in the in the conference. Poor, poor Packers. You know, that's a team that they lose that Bears game that they still could have had with Tolzien in there. You think about what could have happened. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was Seneca three weeks ago. Yeah, so, so three weeks ago. So they should. So they lose those games. I feel bad for them because I feel like that's a team that could absolutely make hay. In the in the playoffs, and now they might not even get there at five and five. They're now they're fifth, they're third place in their own division. I was thinking about that that division. It's kind of interesting. Like we we've seen Detroit have to play without Calvin Johnson, right? Not good. Yeah, I mean, so you can make case he's the most valuable player right in the league. Now you see Aaron, the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers, same division, miss one player, not good. And I said, what if you took Adrian Peterson off the Vikings? I mean, they're not good to begin with, but, I mean, you take Adrian Peterson <laughs> off, they, they don't want a game. But So th- those three teams have an irreplaceable player. And then Chicago, Jay Cutler, no, not there? Nope. <laughs> no rolling. problem. They're Move rolling. Over. We got McNown. Yeah. Caleb Haney almost outplayed him a few years ago in the NFC title game. <sighs> I mean, so – it's it's interesting to me that you have that is interesting. Some teams have some teams are literally one injury away from being completely irrelevant. Yeah, well, I'd like to see Brock Osweiler get his turn. That would have been fun to watch him play the Chiefs. All right, Black Tie, your last question on the blacklist. Six week. minutes later, yeah. So All with right, Brady playing man in this upcoming week in Week Twelve. There's a new series on NFL.com, NFL.com slash the rivals or hashtag NFL rivals. My question is based on you know. Based on other rivalries in sports and history, Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, hmm. all that stuff. Magic my Bird. Question, exactly. My question to you guys, and you can only give out one. Who is your top one versus one rivalry of all time? What do you mean one versus one? I got you, but Not what do you team, mean by one versus individual, one? Individual. Oh, individual. Yeah. Head, okay, guys. Well, Preferably from a team sport. All right, I'll let Handsome go From first. a team sport? Mm-hmm. Ooh. From a team sport. I'm, I, I, I could go cricket, but I think I probably that I may just be talking to myself on that one. So I am No, gonna, there are plenty of you. A lot of UK listeners. There Thanks are, to you in part. Uh, there are. You're right. Like but a I, main I, man, Neil Dutton. I actually like stale bread. <laughs> <laughs> I, just need, I just needed a reason to play that. I haven't done that in a while. What's just, up, Neil? Just for Neil Dutton, I'll tell you that I think it's Alan Donald, who is a South African bowler against Mike Atherton, who is an English batsman. But putting that aside... Please, why don't you talk X Games? Exactly. <laughs> I, could, I may as well just speak X Games with you. But putting that aside, um, Black Tie and I were talking about this earlier. I used to love watching those um, 
Marino versus Ken O'Brien game. <laughs> That's a good day. one. That's a legitimate and good it's one. Not a, it's, like, it's not a rivalry where people where you're like, whoa, those two were big. But at the time... And you know, Ken O'Brien is not a name that's going to be remembered uh, in in NFL history for for very much. But those were those were always good rivalry games. I, I listen. I, it's very specific, but I I hear your noise. It doesn't go down in the annals as no. great, but I appreciate where you're coming from, uh, DJ. How say you? What? Not necessarily the greatest, but what about the best for you? Like you as a fan? All right. Well, that's what yeah, he yeah, said. Yeah. I, I went personal. Yeah. For Still. me, for me, I grew up a cowboy fan. So, to me, growing up as a kid, there was nothing better than Troy Aikman and Steve Young in all those mm-hmm. championship oh, games. Oh, you're so young. That's so that's heartbreaking for me at my advanced age. I was high school, say, high school, high school, 96. Grew up as a, cow- as a kid. I thought you were going to say Staubach Bradshaw. That no, would be mine. No, that's – I mean, look, I, <laughs> as a kid, I had a Danny White Huffy jersey. You know, the little little jersey with the little helmet and stuff as a little kid. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, in high, I graduated high school in 96. So, that was – why I was in high school was kind of like the – the big run of the, of the Dallas Cowboys, and it was always them and the 49ers and all those epic championship games. Pretty good. I wish I could say Lemieux versus Gretzky. That was very, uh, you know, I, but I, we never actually got that one, so you can't really hold that up. It's a non-existent showdown. But I did like, as a Lemieux um, advocate, I did like always fight. I do still like fighting the cause in his good name over the so-called great one. Remember, in French, you know what Lemieux means, don't you, Daniel Jeremiah? We took uh, Spanish. When you go to high school in San Diego, we don't take French. Do you know Handsome Hank? I do. I took French. Lemieux? The greatest. That's right. The best. That's what really? it means. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it means. Couldn't, I mean, could you, could you thread the needle any better than that? I say no. Gretzky can be the great one. Lemieux is the best. Done and done. All right. Also, Joe Lewis... Ali, right? That's the best one. Yeah, it's it? not a team sport, but I know boxing has some well. Great the team. I mean, the best one. Yeah, I mean, if if you're being as objective as possible, I would assume is Bird Magic, right? Yeah, Can't be that. there are two guys tied together from college. I mean, forever right. they were tied together. And Russell out a couple. Yeah, go ahead. As you, you, Lionel Messi v Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> don't care. Go <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> it's 2013. They're guys. not even head to head. They don't used defend be, they each used other, to- dude. There used to be a time where it was cool for Americans act like they didn't care about soccer. I don't act like I don't care. I don't care, I, just... I don't care if it's cool if I feel that way or not. That's <laughs> yeah, how I right, feel. Exactly. You at least got to be in on Messi v Ronaldo, which is not as one-sided as people may think. But for me personally, Do growing they? up, <laughs> for me personally, I thought the up, guy in por- in uh, the the Portuguese fella, the handsome devil, Cristiano Ronaldo. That's his name. Oh, that's Ronaldo. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I think you, I thought you were talking about a Brazilian guy. No, no, that's the other Ronaldo. Okay. Either way. But for me personally, growing up, there was Ronaldinho. No, there was a Ronaldo and then a Ronaldinho. Continue. And then a Rivaldo and a Bebeto. It's a long story. Either way. Um, for me personally, growing up for like two, three years, Kobe Bryant versus Tracy McGrady was pretty, pretty good. People That's don't forget sad. it anymore. But <laughs> Tracy McGrady had a run where he was just as good as Kobe Bryant, but people don't remember that anymore. Cause See, I was going to say, I was gonna say uh, Michael Jordan and Joe Dumars. When they used to go up against yeah. each other, that was a lot of fun. The whole Reggie Jordan Miller, and, Reggie oh. Miller against the Knicks. There yeah. was that great 30 for 30 on ESPN about that. All right, real quick, a new little thing that I'd like to institute here. We don't interact with uh, with the Czech Republic slash rank amateurs um, slash black sheep. Plus, what's your new one, Handsome you, Hank? You actually liked it the other day. I Someone loved it. Someone sent what was us it? a suggestion. It was the Handsome Devils. The Handsome Devils. Wow. That's his new fan club. That's Handsome Hank's new. I got to get the name of who sent that in. 
and DJ, we need one for you, unless you have one already. I don't. I do not There's have not one. There's not an I'm Appalachian for... State fan club for Daniel <laughs> Jeremiah? No, not not currently, no. <laughs> um, all right, so I want to start because I, I, I hear on Twitter from everybody, at Damashek, at NFL UK Hank, I said before, at Move the Sticks, drop us a line. So I want to just respond to some questions here. At Carnival Doom asks, do me a solid this week and talk about how Denver's home field advantage is slept on compared to Seattle's and New Orleans. And I just said, I, I, I don't, don't know that it. it is such a good <laughs> home field advantage. Although I did recently on the radio hear an interesting stat with the NBA that Utah and the Nuggets win inordinately at home, and it's because of that thin air thing that however you measure that, I don't know, you know, quality of team aside and, you know, like I say, um, you know, odd numbers indicating that that is a legit home field advantage. But I don't know. I, do you ever play in thin air, DJ? Does it really hurt you? I, it's a question I'd like to ask a player. Well, I mean, I went to school in, in the mountains oh, in yeah. North Carolina. So, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, we're way up there. But we it was in the mountains. And it and did. It, really? It, I noticed it when I'd come home for the summer and then I'd go back there and we'd jump right into conditioning. It took me a little, really? minute, a little minute to get used to it. I spent three days at the Cardinals camp in Flagstaff, Arizona. Which yeah, is that's up our, there. Which is right up there. And, you know, I was just, I wasn't even taking any exercise. And it, <laughs> it exhausted me like walking up hills there. We got to get a proper gauge. I don't care about this hokum of which crowd is the loudest because that's that's coached. It's cooked. They say like, "Be loud right now," and everybody cheers simultaneously to break the loudest crowd record. I'm talking about actual in game. What affects the other team domes and everything? What is the loudest one? Do you know, DJ? Is it Seattle, Seattle now? I've been up in Seattle, and that is that is very loud. I bet KC has a better home feed. I mean, has a KC's louder loud crowd too. I've been than there, Denver. Yeah. I've been in that's, Denver. That's... I wasn't overwhelmed. They're they're too nice. They're very nice. I went to the AFC title game when the Steelers went on to beat the Seahawks two weeks later in the Super Bowl, and I was walking in the parking lot wearing a Steeler hat, and people were saying, "Hey, good luck to your team. May the better team win." You yeah. know that kind of thing. Like that wouldn't go the other way. If you're walking through the parking lot in Broncos gear outside of Heinz Field before the title game, people aren't going to stop you to shake your hand and wish you well. Oh, this is great. So every year when I was with the Ravens, we would do a wives weekend or whatever. So we'd have our dra- we'd have our first round of draft meetings at a location of where we were playing a road game. So they would pick it out, and it was always the first week of December. So you could bring your wives. It's kind of the end of the scouting season, you know, being on the road. And this was a nice trip. You stay in the team hotel, the whole deal. So one year we was, it was uh, the Raiders. We were playing at the Raiders. So the husbands obviously knew we're playing in Oakland, you're not wearing any Baltimore stuff. Mm-hmm. But the, a lot of the wives, you know, supportive <laughs> wives, we, we, they get in the car, you know, to shuttle over there. And I was like, no, no, you're, you're going to need to take that off and you, <laughs> you know, you can't wear that. And you're, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it was classic. Behave yourselves, people. I'm not advocating slugging visiting fans. However, the, I also think it goes too far the other way. Hey, May the better team win today. <laughs> That's a little too sportsmanlike. Don't go to a taste. don't go to a Stanford game. <laughs> is that what it's like up there? Oh man! It's... Well, listen, they're having a nice wine. It is. It is. It is. Literally, cheeses. I forgot that people still do the sweatshirt tied around the neck. <laughs> thing. But everybody that's tailgating, they're all. Oh, it's an older crowd. They have their wine and they have their sweatshirts tied around their. It was. It I got to go to a game. It's the nicest, stick and nicest, experience at some point. Group of people. Never, yeah. Um, F, oh, I can't, uh, Kendrick. I don't think that's a bad word. I think it's just how he's saying his name. F. Kendrick, <laughs> a fan who, uh, who a longtime listener here. He says, weird thing I just thought of, or maybe only interesting to me, Damashek and, uh, and 
E and uh, and DJ, and this is also for rank. The AFC only has two domes. The NFC has seven. I don't know what that means, but I thought that was a fun one to share. Interesting. And I think it makes the AFC more rugged and maybe better suited to win the Super Bowl as a result. I don't like these domes. I don't like NFC North teams playing in the in their climate controlled domes, especially after you see Soldier Field on Sunday. It's all muddy and beautiful. Why would you want to be in a climate controlled joint? Yeah, and 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 you're right. With the NFC North, at least there is some excuse. Atlanta and New Orleans to have a dome. That yeah. makes no sense to me at all. Also, That's the home one. field advantage when it's sweltering humidity. Right. Imagine having to travel down and playing in that if you're Seattle. That would be bad. Yeah. Um, last one. This is not football related. It comes to us from at friend of Frank. He asks, I'm not sure exactly where the phrase grown on me comes from. I love that question because I have no answer. It's a spellbinder because I don't want things. I mean, as a rule, I don't want anything growing on me. You know, even I was going to say hair would be good, but unless it's on top of my thinning head, I, I don't so want it's, new it's, hair. It's growing. It's growing. In on. fact, I'm finding now the most disturbing thing. They don't tell you about this. They don't tell you when you're a kid. Yes, they tell you you're going to lose your hair. Your eyes are going to go bad. You're hearing. You're going to get bent out. They don't tell you that you're going to start getting hair growing out of your ear. And I have <laughs> I have I have just random hairs growing out of my ear. What? I didn't ask for this. It's grow. What am I? Part beast? I don't. Am I? Am I slowly turning into a werewolf? I, it's grotesque, and it's on me. If I saw it on another person, I'd positively vomit. I don't. So where does grown on me? I don't. Nothing as a rule growing on you is good. Well, I guess I scratch that. That uh, see, I don't mean the word blue. <laughs> I get this is not some filthy conversation. Grow up, Jeremiah. Sorry, I'm just. Saying, I mean I'm something saying, that I'm, I'm didn't still exist trying, before. I'm still, I'm still trying to I'm not out. talking about part of you. I'm still trying to figure out how becoming F, embellished. F still trying to figure out F Kendrick is a is a is an appropriate uh, Twitter handle. Like, what, I don't know. But is he? I'm imagining he's like a Celtic fan, and Kendrick didn't play. Yeah. Kendrick Perkins didn't play in that game against the Lakers, it's and they F, say maybe it cost him a, a championship. Maybe it's a soccer thing because it's FC Kendrick. Is that like that's football club Kendrick? Is that help us thing? out, Black Tie? Could help be, us where out. Where is he from? I don't football know. club, right? FC football club. I don't know a football club named Kendrick, though. All right, well, I'm, listen, don't get bogged down. Anyone have a guess on this one? Grown on it me? It makes sense. I mean, you know what it means, but I don't. I, I don't understand what well, we all use it, but yeah, I'm but obsessed with cliches that don't make sense. The classic that I've said a million times, and I'll say for the million and first now is, he wants to have his cake and eat it too, as though if you give me a cake. And I eat it, eat it's it. now it's gluttonous. Makes no sense. Well, wait a second. Wait, I get do you know I gave Dave Damashek a cake? You know what he did with it? He ate it. That pig, that self indulgent animal ate that with the hair coming out of his ears. Now he's eating the cake that I gave him. All right. What's what's grotesque is the phrase should be he wants to have his cake and, and some pie. It. And some pie. Oh, okay. Now that's gross. You, that's you, too much. Did you bother to even look up this grown on me thing? No, I don't want okay. to. I, I, I why do I need up. to? I don't I looked want to. It up. I, I looked it up and, there's, and there is a legitimate explanation for it here on the free dictionary.com uh, to become gradually more evident to. And that makes sense because you didn't notice it. It wasn't really a big deal, but it's grown. So now it's evidence. You you see it now. But it's it grown makes more on sense. me. It's grown on I you. understand it the... Become gradually but it more has... evident. Like you're, I like understand what it... Out of your ears. I... Uh, 
It's grown, but that's a good thing. When also, oh, that's grown also on me is a pod. When you say that's grown on me, you mean it in a positive way. When I see a black hair emerge from the thing I used to listen, not the, not the, not the. It's not some showpiece. I'm not going to grow a mustache on my ear. Also, the uh, idiom, not good. Idi- idi- idioms dot dictionary dot com. They 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 listed as to live and grow on someone's skin. I've got this stuff growing on me, and I want to get rid of it. That would <laughs> be where yes! your hair thing comes in. Yes. So we're misusing it. In other words, wow, we've really unearthed something. Or should I say, friend of Frank has. Thanks for that keen note there, Black Tie. Your thoughts. <laughs> I figured as much. Can we you. move on to DeMarco Murray, please? Let's do it. All right. Daniel Jeremiah, what a pleasure. At Move the Sticks. Hey, we'll see you again later in the week for the Weekender, our, our burgeoning hit series oh. that plays on the what digital. The, by the way, I don't know if we can. NFL.com. If we want to say this while we're still rolling or if this needs to be an off uh, off the line chat, how what's the what's the feedback? I, mean, I thought I got Henry a little uh, a little feedback on the walk up here today, but I mean, how are the how are the the people feeling about the whole? I don't know. I, you know, I'm not getting. Are we getting enough. a lot of getting a lot of talk saying we might need a might need a different host. So DJ, can we talk after this? <laughs> he ain't right got now. what it takes. Oh, wow. he can't play quarterback at the weekend. He's our wide our star wide receiver. I'll tell you a, what, a, cur- I, a hey, current hey. host doesn't even remember well, the name. He constantly changes the name I, every I, week. I, I think, I think I, I acor- according to today, I'm just some miracle growing my ears away from being able to host that show. <laughs> there he goes. Move the sticks. Yeah, last week we had Sharper and McGinnis. It was uh, A-list central. Handsome, you like the show so I far? Did. I've enjoyed it every week. Well, someday you'll join us. I've begged you. I don't know what else I can do. I've lost my dignity in begging you to be a part of it. Someday we'll get you on there. Maybe you could read tweets or something. I, w- I watched it with my son, actually, on Friday, and he uh-huh. said... Um, I t- he was he was excited by watching it. He's a fan of Damashek, and I told him that you know Darren Sharper used to play for the Vikings and Saints, and Willie McGinnis for the Patriots and Browns. He's convinced that Dave Damashek played in the NFL, and he's desperate for uh, me to tell him what team you played for. Uh, it's not crazy. I could have played in the NFL. I've said it to you before. If my mom would have let me, I would have been in the NFL. Who knows how far I would have gone? Probably. The NFL game is not played in Studio Sixty Six. No, indeed, Steve Smith. But you and I could have made if, – if Jake DeLome could get touchdown passes to you, surely so could I. I mean, I could throw some That's touchdowns true. too. All right, listen. So let, let's get over now. Thank you, Handsome Hank, for stopping by as well. Now let's get to it, what uh, Adam Rank and I did a little while ago. Like I say, we caught up with DeMarco Murray. All right, Rank. Here's some good stuff. Uh, the superstar running back of the Dallas Cowboys. Here he is. It's DeMarco Murray. What's going on, man? How you, do, how you guys doing? Well, we're doing all right. Not as good as you. You're uh, starting running back in the NFL, after all. <laughs> you see, you're counting your. See, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make you feel good because what happened uh, on Sunday night in the Superdome was something that probably you know made you feel a little sad on the inside. <laughs> Thanks for digging in to me. Appreciate <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Not digging in at all, man. And uh, we're big fans of yours. So what do you guys now, how do you, the day after a game like that, in, you know, we, you always hear jokes made about what it's like when you sit down and you watch the game film. What was it like sitting in the, in the, uh, in the, in the Cowboys uh, film room there looking at that game? Um, no, we, um, you know, we got to, you know, we do it every Monday, whether it's a win or a loss. You know, you got to go back and review the film and and see what you did right and and um, continue to grow from that and you know see what you did wrong and and learn from that and correct it and and try to do better. You know, the next time around. But um, you know, just 
we made some critical errors, and you know they were they they were able to capitalize on those errors we made, you know, as a team, and you know they were they were the better better team that day. Looking forward, you guys are sitting right there at five and five atop the NFC East. What are you guys looking to do coming out? You guys got the Giants next. What's what's going to be your focus going forward? I'm just taking it one game at a time. You know, basically we're just trying to get better. You know, we're, we're we have a week off this week. You know, guys are getting mentally refreshed. Guys are getting healthy, and you know we will come back next week and you know put in our game plan and and um, you know review review the Giants and you know basically just taking it one game at a time. You know, trying to get better each and every week. You know, these last six weeks will be critical for you know every team across the league. You know, to make that that playoff push, and, and that's what we're going to try to do. We heard so much a few weeks ago now about the whole Des Bryant uh, so-called blow-up. And, you know, Rank and I, I don't mind telling you that uh, I pat ourselves on the back here because we said at the time, I bet you that Des Bryant wasn't uh, necessarily saying anything bad. He was just, uh, you know, animated in propping up uh, his offense and everything else. And, in fact, we were proven correct. What is Des Bryant like as a teammate? He's a great teammate, you know, a great brother, great friend, and just a very passionate guy about winning, just like every guy in that locker room is. And um, there's there's no team, you know, he loves more than the Cowboys. He loves his Cowboys. He loves the organization. He loves his teammates. And um, at the end of the day, he wants to win just like everyone else, and he's passionate about that. He has as much passion, you know, for the game than, than anyone on the team. Is he passionate about Oklahoma State? Do you guys have a little bit of a rivalry going on there? about them too but there's there's no one-sided rivalry you know we've blown them out four times without <laughs> there's no robbery there he thinks it is but it's not with me <laughs> what I, oh god i was gonna say what i like about you demarco we've uh we've talked about this before is that you really embrace the the legacy of of oklahoma but who is the best running back the best sooner running back of all time mm. Best sooner running back, I would have to say Adrian Peterson and Joe Washington are the best sooner running backs ever played for Crimson. What about uh, what about Marcus Dupree, though? Marcus Dupree is a good running back as well. He is. <laughs> I don't know why. I've never real. I for some reason this is the first time I've ever considered because USC is considered tailback you, but right. we need to change that, right, Demarco? I mean, le- between you and then we also left out Billy Sims, who's my who's one of my all time favorites. Boy, that's some gaggle of runners you guys have had. Yeah, it's uh, we got a lot of you know great running backs there that's come through there. You know, so <laughs> Spencer Tillman. Yeah, oh yeah, they it's it's deep. It's... And what is that? You know, I we ask about uh, Des Bryant, what he's like, and what is because another guy who we hear a lot of psychoanalysts, uh, uh, psycho uh, psychoanalysis, and so on from uh, about is Tony Romo. What do you know? I mean, obviously the Cowboys are your one and only pro team, but what is Tony Romo sort of like as a leader, or is it is it fair to define him as a leader? Because you never see him yelling at anybody on the sidelines. You see Peyton Manning and Tom Brady do that. Tony Romo seems, uh, you know, uh, a, a, like a, a more soft-spoken sort of guy. No, oh, you know, he's a vocal leader when he needs to be, and he's, a, he's someone who leads by example, I think. At different times, guys choose different ways, you know. There's more than one way to be a leader, and I think he has both ways um, to do that. He's, you know, he's gotten on guys and plenty of time, multiple multiple cases, and um, but you know he's, he is our leader, and you know he um, he runs the show up there, and we're we're glad to have him. 
Well, I, I guess I ask the question because you hear a, you hear a, a lot of stuff. You know, guys like uh, Rank and I here, as a matter of fact, often point to late games and what happens at the end of games and everything. And and then you'll hear a lot of talk after that that Tony's trying to do too much. He doesn't have enough help, and so on and so forth. Where do you come down on all that sort of pressure or responsibility that is put on Romo's shoulders specifically? Quarterback is, is is a tricky position. You know, they always you know get so much of the blame and so much of the credit. Um, you know, that's just the way it is, especially when you're playing for an organization like the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think he handles the pressure well. I think he plays at a very high level, and he'll continue to. Um, you know, we just got to continue to you know make plays. We got to continue to play as a team. Um, you know, in all three phases of the game. Do you really believe, though, that being a member of the Cowboys does bring a bigger spotlight on it? Does that still matter in 2013? Um, I think, you know what I mean, I think it does at times. You know what I mean, everyone, you know, all our games are televised and, you know, we're always talked about at times and, um, you know, but you just got to block out the noise. You got to block out all the chaos and you got to have tunnel vision and focus on one goal and, Got to focus on each other and focus on our team. How about you, though? Do you do you embrace the legacy of the Cowboys? Because we were just talking about the Oklahoma Sooners here just a moment ago, but also the Cowboys. You look at the running backs who have come through there. You know, you go back to like Don Perkins, to Tony Dorsett, to Emmett Smith. Of course, is that when you get drafted by a team like the Cowboys? Because obviously, you care enough about it because you went to a school like Oklahoma. But when you go to the Cowboys, you think, yeah, I want to be the next in line of those great running backs. Definitely, and definitely, you got to embrace you know the the tradition that they have not only as a running back position but as the team in general. Um, you um, and encourage you to work harder and to make your own mark. Um, so um, I have a lot of respect for all those guys you just named. You know, great running backs, and obviously, you know, Cowboys they have a long legacy of Super Bowls and, and great coaches, great players, and all sorts. So you just got to you know continue to work hard and want to. And I want to make my own mark, and I'm sure you know, all the other guys do as well. How much are you guys looking at the standings? Because uh, somebody just tweeted me that over the last uh, however many seasons now, the Cowboys are 133 and 133, which is remarkable, especially coming off of two straight eight and eight seasons. And here we sit now at five and five. How aware are you of where you stand among the Eagles, Redskins, and Giants right now? And and do you are you uh, uh, actively watching what those teams are doing each week? Not at all, not at all. You know, I think we're we're in a great position to where we control our own destiny, and you know, we're trying to take it one game at a time, and uh, we gotta you know worry about ourselves. You know, I mean, this is a, there's you know the Redskins, all those other teams are, are good teams, and um, we gotta control what we can control, and that's nothing but ourselves. Now, Demarco, you uh, it's National Young Readers Week, and uh, Pizza Hut, the Book It program, is encouraging kids all across the country. Uh, to read, is uh, talk a little bit about the program that you're involved with. Yeah, you know, I was able to join up and team up with um, Pizza Hut when um, they created this Book It program over 30 years ago in order to try to, you know, help young kids read, um, just basically read more, um, you know, with the Internet and things of that sort, you know, in this time and age. I'm just trying to create a love for reading. Um, and it's National Young Readers Week, and once again, you know, just the Book It program. You can go to pizza.com to learn more about the Book It program. What was your favorite when you were at Oklahoma, speaking of books and such, what was your favorite class? My favorite class, um, when I was, I would probably have to say yoga. 
<laughs> yoga. That was probably my That's favorite. a class? Yeah, that was my one and only class my senior year. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was the whole thing. Had it twice a week, and it was, you know, I had a lot of free time, so that was pretty good. Savvy move, too, because that, uh, I'm sure the male-female oh, yeah. ratio was pretty pretty much in your favor. Favorable, yeah. yeah it wasn't too bad. <laughs> and then that's sponsored by Pizza Hut, so what's your favorite pizza topping? I was just, I'm a simple guy, just like the plain Jane, you know, pepperoni pizza. <laughs> That's not – listen, that's never wrong. Don't let any uh, of these fancy pants make you feel bad for not having sun-dried tomatoes as your oh, favorite. Yeah. yeah. Pepperoni oh, is – Don't worry. Pepperoni is very nice. It's a classic, like the star on the helmet. And uh, and last thing, DeMarco, so are you I, – I mean, obviously, you're not going to completely pull back the curtain for us, but is there going to be a, a greater emphasis on trying to pound the ball a little bit with you as we move into now the, the stretch run here of the season? I don't know. You got to wait and see. You got to. We got a game next Sunday against the Giants. Hopefully, you watch. I see you're being coy. I understand that. All right. I, I, I like where your head's at. You shouldn't pull back the the curtain for someone like me. All right. Listen, Demarco Murray. You're the deli- oh. One last question though. Number twenty nine. Where did that come from? It's an odd number for a running back. Um. You know, just that was the number that was given to me when I first got here, and um, you know, I had an opportunity to change it, but I, I was like, hey, I, I I have it, so I'll stick with it, and you know. I like it. It's right. cool. Dickerson yeah. wore 29. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I thought DeMar, I was just about to say DeMarco can own that number because no great running backs worn it, but 29 was Dickerson. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, oh yeah. All right, well, listen, Dickerson's way in the rearview mirror. DeMarco Murray is the 21st century answer to you the greatest blow running away back. that SMU guy. <laughs> That's right. All right, listen, DeMarco Murray, best wishes to you the rest of the way here, and uh, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Go do some yoga. There he goes, the yoga man. I like that. I like that answer. Oh, yeah. You're listening All right, that's that. Thanks to Rank. Thanks to DeMarco Murray. Again, Handsome Hank. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks. And you, Black Tie, coming up this week. It's a big week. We've got to be on the lookout for the Sheck slash Shame Report. I like it. Just like I started this podcast calling my shot that week 11 was going to be a great one, I feel that this Sheck report is also very strong. I'm calling my shot there. I guarantee you'll like that one. And also, Russell Wilson, drop us a line with the hashtag at, I mean, with the hashtag DDFP. Let us know if there's something in particular you want us to run past Russell Wilson. We'll try to get it in. Otherwise, we'll be back with, uh, with that and more hooey and applesauce for you. In the meantime, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.